John X, thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And good Lord, I was not ready for the rhythms of working again. Yeah, that's why this episode is so late. Granted, if you're listening to this in the future, it makes no difference to you. But it's the first episode of 2021, and I'm a couple days late because I keep putting out fires. I keep getting hit with actual work, which is a change from December and the end of 2020. And I was not ready for it. So here we are. At long last, it's nice to hear you again. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be connecting with people and highlighting great entrepreneurship like I'm doing with my guest today. I'm joined by Tiffany Charles. She is the Chief Growth Officer of Entrepreneur Aligned. And without giving too much away, Entrepreneur Aligned is a new way of handling wealth management focused on people who own their own businesses. Because let's face it, entrepreneurs make up a very small subset of the larger workforce. Most people, they're planning for retirement. It's fairly straight ahead. They're W-2 employees or W-4. I can never remember which is which. But you go to work, you have an employer, you maybe have a 401k, you're doing some investing on the side, you're preparing for the time when you no longer have to do that. When you are an entrepreneur, when you have your own business, when you have payroll, when you have overhead costs, wealth management is a little bit different because so much of your capital is tied up in your own business. So it should only follow that you need specialized wealth management solutions for you. Enter Entrepreneur Aligned. And Tiffany tells a great story. It's one near and dear to my heart because she said, I've never been a great employee. <laughs> right? Hand up right here. That's me too. And I've always felt like I wanted to create my own destiny. I didn't want to just be successful. I wanted to be significant, which was an amazing turn of phrase. And you'll find in this episode, Tiffany is an absolute ray of sunshine. Just a dynamite personality, incredible savvy, great incisiveness, and an all-around talented professional. It's a pleasure to highlight her. And full disclosure, I have done a little bit of work on behalf of Entrepreneur Align. I helped them with their launch strategy. I just want you to know that going in. They did not pay me to do this episode. Getting to work with Tiffany, I said, you should come on my show. This is a story that deserves to be told. I'm not getting compensated for this show in any way, and that is by design. This episode stands on its own, as all of my episodes do. I've never been paid for a single episode of this show. I highlight the people that I think are interesting, that I think have a good story to tell, and that are worth highlighting. Tiffany certainly fits the bill there. So we'll get to her episode in just a minute. But before we get there, just like to say welcome back and welcome to the new year. I think we'll talk about this more next week, but... I am feeling cautiously optimistic going into 2021. I'm not going in saying, this is going to be my year. I'm going to own this year. Bring on this year. Whoa, hold on. Nope. A little too aggressive. I'm cautiously optimistic. That's about as far as I'm willing to go. Given the way that the dumpster fire of my 2019 went, given the way everyone, seems like everyone, how their 2020 went, mine was actually better than my 2019, which is amazing. And think about that for a minute. 2021... I'm not jumping in with both feet. I'm kind of waiting a toe in. I'm kind of seeing how things are going. But the way things go so far, 
I'm feeling kind of okay. I'm feeling pretty good. And I hope you are too. But like I said, let's talk about that next week. Also, I'd like to pay some love to our sponsor, 4Degrees. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do it better. Whether that's social media marketing, online advertising, building a website, trying to create a community, trying to create demand for your good, your product, your service, your candidate, your campaign. 4Degrees will get your message in front of the people who need to see it most. And do it at a cost that is very, very attractive, very effective. The ROI in working with 4Degrees is incredible. So hit them up. If you're doing anything in the online space and you want to do it better and more targeted, 4Degrees has not only the intellectual horsepower for doing it, but the innovative ideas to match. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. I think that's all the plugage we'll do for now. I'm going to talk a little bit more about myself next week, but this week is dedicated to Tiffany Charles. She is the Chief Growth Officer of Entrepreneur Aligned. She's a fellow CSU alumnus. She's a wonderful conversationalist, and she is the guest on episode 276 of the John of All Trades podcast, which starts right now. Well, here we are um, into 2021. Like things are good. I'm in um, an abundant mindset for work and um, ready to receive all the opportunities and excited to lead the team and have a fresh year. However, we're seven days into 2021 and, you know, things are happening still politically and around the United States. And, you know, that's a that's a heavy start to the year, but I'm I'm hopeful things are here to change around the corner. Yeah, I like the abundance thing. Does that come from like a book or like a philosophy specifically? Yeah, I practice a lot of gratitude and look to come from an abundant place. I actually work with a self-care coach that helps me maintain more of an abundant mindset. Um, and so I would say it's a little bit of everything, personal coaching, a book, um, an inherent practice. Which book is that? Would it want, I, I don't know exactly the book of like abundance that I would go. Untethered Soul is one that I go to and... It's less around abundance, but it is more around like living an untethered life. Um, and so when I tend to think of abundance, like it is around personal agency, thinking big, allowing uh, it's it's learning how to receive. Um, and so I think that's all a part of it. Yeah. No, I think my wife one time took this class and it talked about, you know, shifting your mindset from scarcity to abundance. And if you do that, your world opens up quite a bit. And you're not out to slit anyone's throat. Like essentially it's the pie is much bigger than you think it is. And if you're sort of fighting for turf, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your energy and you're misdirecting that energy. Is that something that you kind of identify with too? Yeah, that's a lot of what I identify with. Um, one of the big lessons that I learned is that um, you get to decide how anything lands on you, right? Like right. events only have the meaning that we give them. And you see case studies of this into the like scariest of things, right? Or the most horrific things. Um, death to one person could ruin somebody and death to another can be an inspiration just based on how they chose to give that event meaning. And so um, in learning that and then shifting into this um, like growth mindsets and, and thinking, thinking more positively that has really, that, that's exactly it. It's like really shifted everything. And, and I realized that I have the control, like 
yesterday's stuff at the Capitol is really heavy and yeah. that's really hard. I can get sucked in the news. I can go all the way down that rabbit hole. I can spend hours of my life focused on that. And then I can put a whole thing around. I can label Americans. I can do this whole thing or I can take a moment and be really grateful for the team that I work with and the family that I have and the safety that I have. And the, you know, I'm grateful that um, my family is open-minded and that we get to talk about things or that I have a safe place to have a moment in of anger or being sad or being scared. And, and when I focus on that, and then my next step in that is instantly like, well, how do I change the world from my little corner? And it just puts me right back into a good spot. Well, I'll tell you what, you're talking about growth, and this is Chief Growth Officer of Entrepreneur Aligned, <laughs> Tiffany Charles, and also, it bears mention, Ray of Sunshine, because <laughs> what a delightful way of looking at things. And <clears throat> you're right, it can be hard. Um, I know that today, as we record this, this is recording on a Thursday, I was trying to figure out what to do, and I was reached out to by a partner about an event that they're doing. It's like a silent disco, which will have passed by the time this airs, but... It benefits local arts nonprofits. So if you watch this and you, you just listen to some music in your home and you dance and you have a great time, there's money that goes to local arts nonprofits. And I thought, you know, a lot of what happens federally is beyond my control. And I, there's nothing I can do about it. But what I can do is act locally and spread good into the world. What am I contributing to the world? How am I making a positive impact? And it sounds like you identify with that, which yeah. I think is one of the reasons you and I hit it off so quickly. Yeah, I don't want to just be successful. Like I want to be significant, you know, and I want to I want to make a difference in areas I'm passionate about. I want to learn about other areas to become passionate about it and I just yeah, like I think it feels better and I feel more in control when I am like, well great. Like that sucks that happened yesterday. Like I'm going to go plant a tree. Like you know, like right. <laughs> and that like that's another way I can contribute to the world or you know, just something that allows it to shift into a smaller positive place. Um, and I think something that we all need right now is um, more hope and, and more connection and, and more happiness, especially as we're coming out of this, hopefully coming out of this COVID world and, right. um, you know, starting to thaw out from 2020. Yeah, no joke. And <clears throat> I think it, it bears mention, I, I, I want to lampshade this just briefly. You know, what you're saying, make positive impacts in your own community. That's not to say we ignore what's happening uh, writ large, um, and that votes and actions and you vote with your dollars, all these things have consequences and that they are all part of what you do, but it, it cannot consume you. Otherwise it will burn you alive. Yeah. So I, yeah. there's, there is a difference of being informed and, um, and doing your part as, and then allowing that to have boundaries, like right. you should have strong guardrails around that. Yeah. And that's not always easy to do because the fire hose of information that gets blasted at us at all times feels like it's endless. Yeah. But to kind of keep us on topic here, you talked about pursuing your passions and making a difference and being, um, not just successful, but significant, which I thought was a great turn of phrase and one I've never heard before. And so that brings me to kind of the origin story of Entrepreneur Aligned, because I've had the pleasure of working with you now. Full disclosure, we have done some work together. This is not part of that agreement. Um, I was interested in featuring you um, independent of that. And so 
walk me through, I mean, I know it, but walk me through kind of what led you to found Entrepreneur Aligned and how is that different from other firms that do similar things? I guess just even going into this conversation, there's um, about changing the world. Like to me, entrepreneurs and and to my partner and to our team, um, entrepreneurs are the engine to the world. They are the ones who are in a place to have an impact multiplier beyond most people. They have employees, they have influence, they have product, they have service, they have brains filled with IP, like you name it, they have it. And we are just wildly passionate about who they are and serving them. Um, I like to think I'm an entrepreneur myself uh, running a business and we're constantly coming up with like, what do we do? How do we manage it? How do we create the culture? How do we help talented people thrive? How do we ensure that our clients are getting the most success? Like the entire thing. Um, okay. Quick, and, quick digression. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, is this your first entrepreneur? Is this your first entrepreneurial venture? This isn't not it isn't it isn't i would say that this is my first entrepreneurial venture where i have decision making capabilities the way that i do and where i'm bearing a new level of risk hmm. that i haven't taken in the past and so that is just different than my other like smaller entrepreneurial sure. journeys and and how, the, and how does that feel um it is exciting. It's scary. I mean, it's, it's everything. I think they say entrepreneurs experience two feelings, uh, <laughs> euphoria and terror, and those, those can happen within the same minute. And I, I think that that's what it is, right? Like you just have this moment of like, yes, like everything's working out. It's going to be great. And then you get a phone call and you're like, that's it. I'm out. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? I can't believe I put my family in the situation. And then you just go back because what you have is your success and your failures. Like you have the agility and the agency to like change it. And I love that. I, I love that too. It reminds me of bear with me here. This is going to be kind of uh, a weird entry point into the point I'm making. This is one of the reasons I love the movies of Quentin Tarantino because you will experience every emotion possible in that two hours, everything from euphoria to hilarious laughter to deep existential dread about what's coming. <laughs> and one of the things I love, I, I heard this described one time, is Tarantino does a really good job of building dread and drama and tension through seemingly innocuous conversation. And as an entrepreneur, I've been at this now for almost six years. There are times where I'm having a conversation and I'm playing it cool, but like I really need it to go a certain way. <laughs> and it feels like those moments, like for instance, the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards. You know, the, the, the Nazi, the hunter is there talking to the French farmer and you're going, what is going to happen at the end of this conversation? And it's either going to go really, really well or really, really poorly. And I know that the conversations I have sometimes when they pertain to business feel that way. And that's almost exactly what you're articulating. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's just, it's fascinating. Cause when you, when you make a mistake as an employee, like it doesn't feel good. We all like to, you know, do well and be well. Um, but when you make a mistake as a, as a owner or you have a stake in it, you take that to like, you're like, okay, this is tuition and I'm not paying it again. Right. Like there's just this whole new level of like, 
if like I am getting an ROI on every lesson I learn, like I am not going <laughs> to let one like that is wealth management speaking for you. Like I will get an ROI on every mistake because I'm not going to I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah. Like, we are going to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of those lessons are exceedingly painful. Ooh, they are. But poignant nevertheless. And, I, you know, it's like uh, if you have a pair of nunchucks, just hand them to your opponent and they will they will beat the hell out of themselves with them because <laughs> nunchucks are a ridiculous weapon unless you are highly highly skilled at it there are a lot of times where i feel like all i had to do in my business was put the stupid nunchucks down yeah and once i did that once i stopped flagellating myself once i stopped you know making the mistakes i was making everything became much easier but they certainly came at a price to your point yeah yeah well and that's what's interesting about being an entrepreneur is it's, it's a lonely place to be because a lot of people don't understand it or get it. So those nunchucks are constantly there and you're trained to be like, well, I just need to know everything about everything because other people don't get it. They don't have the same risks or they don't have the same, they don't have the same mindset or they don't have whatever it looks like. It's just a very different seat to be an entrepreneur and you know, what is it? 10% of our population? Like it's not a high percentage. Like it's, it's lonely up there. And I think that's why we need to connect together and go through it. And we, you know, we speak our own language. We understand it differently. And so I've been at this for six years and every few months or so, my mom gets concerned for the future of my business. And you and I are about the same age. Uh, I don't know if you get this at all where it's like, you know, maybe you could look for something a little more stable. I go, mom, that stability is an illusion. I've been doing really well. I like having my own agency here. Does that happen to you with others who are like, are you sure you want to go down this path? And yeah. how do you respond to that? I I think something pretty similar to you, but yeah, of course it comes up. And, um, you know, being in the business of wealth management, um, I try to make sure that I'm also building my own wealth to mitigate risks and, and take some of that. So so that the security is there. But the way I handle that is, you know, I'm a mom of three and I think the boomers got it wrong. I don't, I, I don't think that productivity means first one in and first one out. I don't think 80 hours a week is the way to a healthy and happy life. You know, like I desperately believe in personal agency and I desperately believe in um, creating an environment. I mean, the reason I'm an entrepreneur is because I think I can create a better culture than the other places I was at, right? Like that's what entrepreneurs do. I didn't like how I experienced other things. I think I'm better at it so much so that I'm willing to bet on myself. So here we go. Um, and I'm misplaced otherwise. Yeah. I'm not going to be a good employee, you know, and, and, um, and so I think people just start to learn that about you over time. Um, so I do feel like I'm getting those questions a little bit more infrequently, but I do remember, um, my dad made the leap into entrepreneurship late and later in his life. So he was in his, um, late fifties when he made the jump. Jeez. And so when I was considering it, he said, go for it. Nice. <laughs> and so he was like, do it. Like, you know, like take the risk now and give it a go. And, um, and I'm so glad that, uh, I had that he had that experience. Um, and then he was able to really kind of encourage me cause it, it was scary. I had two, I had two young babies when yeah. I, when I started. And so, um, just security mattered and entrepreneurship is anything but secure. <laughs> so when, when I made the leap, 
Uh, I had one child and she was five and a half months old. And so I feel that deep in my bones too. And what's funny is my dad has told me, my dad also made the leap into entrepreneurship, but he said, you are already more successful at this than I ever was. And so I think he gets it. Um, one thing that's of interest to me, I know I'm a bad employee. Like I am just a huge pain when I am like in a place where I don't feel like I have enough agency to kind of rectify my immediate situation. You said you're not a great employee. What, how did that manifest for you? I mean, like there were times in meetings where I'm like correcting the CEO or like, I mean, I just, I am opinionated. And I think one of the worst things in the world that can ever be said is this is how we've always done it. Oh, like, God. That, oh it's like the worst. And like, <laughs> I just, and I just found myself constantly uh, just opinionated and going head to head. And like, just really it, over time, it was just like, I think I can do it better. And I was able to see that um, for those in leadership that allowed me that space that I was able to create a really cool impact or create community or culture or systems and processes that really impacted the business. And that got really exciting. And then over time, I was like, well, holy hell, why am I doing this for everybody else? Like, I, wa I want in on this. Like, I am done building other people's businesses, right? Totally. Like, I want to build mine. And I've known people who are really happy building other people's businesses, right? Like the, yeah. they, they really enjoy that and appreciate that. And, and I want to find all of them and create the environment for them to thrive in. Cause I just think having that mindset as an, as an employee is incredible. Um, totally. And, me, and, and some people just don't like taking all the hits from the weather, right? Yeah. Like when you were on your own or when you were out front, you were taking all of the incoming. And some people just don't like that feeling. I don't mind it. I, it doesn't bother me. That's just kind of how I'm wired. <clears throat> but I was thinking about building the culture, and best boss I ever had said, I don't care when, where, or how you get your job done. Just do it. Like, we'll agree on what we're trying to achieve here. Just go out and do it. And yeah. th there was one time I took this meeting, and he said, he's like, I didn't know where the hell you were going or why you were taking this meeting. And you come back with gold. And I go, that's what I'll do for you. <clears throat> like, if you give me the space... I will make it happen. And so it's, yeah, it's cool. We're, we're birds of a feather there. Yeah. I love it. I love leading where I'm like, there's your mountain, create your map, you know, like <laughs> that's where we're going. You, you totally. built that journey. Um, and it, it does, it does take time and there is lessons in that, um, in building that type of culture. Um, one is that most people haven't been a part of that kind of culture. So you actually have to build how to be successful in that. <laughs> Um, because they haven't had yeah. that type of agency before. And what does that look like? And so how do you create the transparency and the accountability and the responsibility to give those types of freedoms and flexibility? And so it's been a journey to um, to learn that and to create that in our culture. Yeah, 100%. And listening to you talk, I mean, it makes perfect sense why you would be drawn to entrepreneurs and why you would build your business around that. As you're building a business, which is always a walk uphill, that's, yeah. I mean, there's innumerable kind of roadblocks and back steps and things that you, you have to overcome. But in the way that you talk, it sounds like you could have kind of an immediate shorthand with other entrepreneurs because what you're doing in terms of wealth management is a little bit different than traditional wealth management. So can you walk me through how you get buy-in? from people when you were approaching them because 
it takes a bit of a paradigm shift mentally to get them where you want them to be. So first of all, two-part question. One, can you explain what that paradigm shift is? And then secondly, how do you get there? Yeah. So I think it makes sense to start into like, what is entrepreneur aligned? And then we can talk about that paradigm shift. So Myself and my partner, Jared Music, um, run Destiny Capital and Entrepreneur Aligned. And Destiny Capital has been around for 40 years um, and is a traditional wealth management firm. So we do investment management, environmental, social, and governance investing. Um, We do full financial planning and a ton of retirement planning. But over those 40 years, we've served a ton of different types of clients, right? So we've done people in accumulation phase. We've done retirement. We've done women dealing with loss. We've done executives. We've done doctors. We've done entrepreneurs. And as we were coming into what Jared and I are second generation owners. So the business has successfully transitioned to a second generation to run it. And so that's an interesting experience. And now we're in this world of how do we take what was for 30 years and take all of the incredible foundation, but then also make it our own going into the next 30. So we have like this growth lifestyle firm going into the startup, like really cool venture. Um, and that comes with its pros and cons. And, um, and one thing that Jared and I have been working on for years and what we were really passionate about was servicing business owners. But what we found was traditional wealth management wall is incredible for a majority of the population, there's a huge miss in serving entrepreneurs. Um, For instance, traditional wealth management primarily focuses on investments in the public market. Entrepreneurs focus on building wealth in their business or in real estate investments or in venture capital or private equity, like you name it. And we were like, I wonder like why? And yet, and then we were like, well, wealth, traditional wealth management is really interesting because they love business owners once there's a liquidity event. <laughs> right. But what about optimizing all along the way? Like, what about actually using your business as a tool to serve you versus always being in a position to serve your business? Because that's the intent. Like, the intent of that business, of course, it's to create the environment for your employees. Of course, it's to create the experience for your clients and the outcomes in the world that you're looking to. But it is also meant to serve you. Like, that is a benefit of entrepreneurship. And we often find that entrepreneurs are becoming captive to their own creation, which is (laughs) Never the intent of an entrepreneur, right? No, you you don't want to build your own prison brick by brick. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. And there's just a lot in there. And like building business wealth doesn't mean you're building your personal wealth. And, And so there is a place for both of those that have to come together and you need to compartmentalize them or you need to not compartmentalize them and you need to use them as the tools for your overall wealth and your decision making. And, and there's also this thing about, it's not just about your, your financial wealth, but also about your time and your agency. Right. So, and that is what we were like, okay, that's what happens in retirement planning, So like in retirement planning, we're like, how do we use your assets to create an income and a lifestyle that brings you joy? Right. And, but like, how do we then turn that in? How do we then make that into the entrepreneurial journey? Like, how do we start using your business as an asset that you can enjoy all along the way? 
Or how do we have it where you never have to retire if you don't want to? Hmm. Or you can keep your business. Talk about traditional wealth management. Like we're like, yeah, our goal is that you can keep your business for as long as you want, whenever you want. You can sell it on your terms, however you want. Like we're not waiting for that liquid event. Okay. So, so, so you're not. That's where Entrepreneur Line came. Okay. So you're not gearing it around entirely because when you talk to, and I mean, this is important when it comes to entrepreneurs, but how do you craft an exit strategy that you like, that is desirable, that you want? In this case, and, and so much of planning a business seems focused on that, which is almost to me like doomsday prepping at that point. Yeah. But in your case, what you're describing is, hey, look, it's not about the exit strategy. It's about how are we fulfilled as far as we want to go. Is that yeah. an accurate summation? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like exit planning is important. Like 90% of the entrepreneurs who exit their business are disappointed with the <laughs> outcomes of the exit. Yeah. So like planning is important, but how about it's because it wasn't done on your terms or your timeline, right? Like you woke right. up one day and you were done or somebody became sick or you're, you know, like you've positioned, um, 80% of your revenue to come through two clients. Like all those types of things are things that we can be looking at along the way to like just ensure it or, or, and just again, having your business as another tool that serves you. And so like entrepreneurs often never want to retire. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. It reminds me of something else I've heard. Um, God, I think this is another Tarantino reference. But the the number one killer of elderly people is retirement. People have a job to do. They tend to stick around a little longer to do it. Yeah. Well, and if you're doing your passion and your purpose and you're living a fulfilled life and you're present, like, why? Why totally. change it? You know, and let it serve you. And so that like, that's our mission. And that's what's been missing from entrepreneurs. Like I, I look at it from a few paradigms, I guess, of like, there's the business planning, there's the per personal financial planning, there's living a life that you love or a joyful life, and there's making the world better. And when you put those four things together, that's an entrepreneur who's aligned. Like that is where success feels satisfying and you are on this journey that you enjoy. And when you're in your passion and your purpose and you have the prosperity and presence to enjoy all of it, like why change anything? Right. And we just have to, we just have to make sure that all those things are operating together. And what we found is like, Wealth management was missing on the personal financial side for entrepreneurs. There was just a conflict of interest um, due to how many firms um, in traditional wealth management earn their their fees and make their money, which is through investments in the market. Right. That works really, really well for a majority of the population. They have their 401k accounts. They need them managed. They need to go in the IRA. They need their financial. That works really, really well. When your wealth is built outside of that, it doesn't tend to work as well. There's just a conflict that exists. And then a joyful life, we're seeing more life coaching, starting this conversation, mindset and living your best life and vulnerability and awareness and all those incredible things that are coming into play. That is really great. And oftentimes money is a tool that allows you to live more presently in that. And so we have life coaches that don't have the money expertise to right. 
have that come through and then making the world better. And, and most entrepreneurs are looking to really create that impact multiplier. And so like our job is like, if that's 10 more seats you want in your firm, like how do we create that? If that means you want to invest in only, you know, investments that are giving in a certain way, like ESG investing or SRI or whatever that looks like. Okay, great. Like it's not determined on how we want to make the world better. It's about how do we help you elevate how you're making the world better in your seat. And we bring all of that together under one roof. And then we're taking in your time into consideration and you're handing off stuff that you're doing with like your CPA and your attorney. Like we bring all of, all of it together and holistically look at it. And I think what's missing from most other professionals is a lot of people are there to serve the business. They're there to serve the transaction. They're there to serve the employees, whatever. Like we're truly there to have the entrepreneur, like we're the entrepreneur's person. Like we're there to understand your life, how it all comes together, pull it together for you. We're there to keep you accountable. We're there to challenge you to have the clarity and focus to make sure that you're living the life the way that you want to and what, and doing what matters most. Okay. That makes, I mean, that makes great sense to me. And that was an incredible sales pitch, by the way, (laughs) which you also worked in the company name at one point, which I thought was a nice touch. What I want to ask you is early on in our conversation, you mentioned one of the challenges and one of the most frustrating things about any business is the phrase, well, we've always done it that way. While that's true, A problem is only a problem until there's a solution. Yeah. Right? So this is a different way of doing things. But you are also running up against entrenched thinking. And so I can imagine when you're talking to people and you're describing this, it's got to be hard to overcome some entrenched thinking because anytime you do a paradigm shift, that takes some work. That takes some spade work. You know, I, I can picture you calling a prospective client and being like another wealth management person ringing my bell. Uh, not interested by, <laughs> right? And so I, I'm curious how you overcome those types of hurdles when you're talking to folks because, I mean, what you described to me was very, very compelling, but it took you a little bit to get there. And to get that kind of real estate in a conversation isn't always the easiest thing. So can you walk me yes. through what those conversations are like? Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, they do come from different directions because I think <laughs> it depends. Like we're meeting the entrepreneur where they're at. Um, I think the, one of the first things that they recognize is we're entrepreneurs ourselves, like that we walk in their shoes. So when they're having conversations around, you know, partnership agreements or they're, or they're wherever they're at, like those are all, those are all things where they quickly recognize that we're there. But, um, so, so you've got some instant credibility that way because you cut, you, you, you walk the talk in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then I think, you know, just quickly, like there's just a few questions that we end up coming towards. Like um, we do business valuations and they're informal and just enough for entrepreneurs to understand like how it's positioned and what that looks like. Like there's just stuff that maybe they haven't done or haven't had in their toolkit along the way um, that make it really enticing. I'm trying to get to that paradigm shift of like wealth management is interesting because it's a very trusting relationship. So it's in trying to nail it in one minute is really hard because it just depends on whoever you're in front of. Um, and, (laughs) and so like, you know, for a while there, we had clients that were really 
thinking like they were just at a place where they wanted to take some chips off the table or they're a serial entrepreneur and they wanted to try some more things and they're just thinking through how can they position themselves and we become a good fit Okay. real quick there because what I've done and there's other ones that are looking to build their team around them. Well, like that's what I've gone out in the community to do over the last several years. Like I know all the right CPAs, attorneys, like for whatever, if you're a creative entrepreneur, I know your people. Like if you're, (laughs) if you're a tech entrepreneur, like I know your people. And so like, you know, that takes a lot of time and energy to create that type of collaboration and to build the team that it helps the entrepreneur and the personal finance one is hard. Like I'm not going to lie. The wealth management piece, which is so important is hard with entrepreneurs because they haven't had the same opportunities to build wealth as the rest of the population within advisor. So the competition isn't other wealth management firms. It is the entrepreneur themselves (laughs) um, because they have been do it themselves. The the call Um, is coming from inside the house. It is. And so I, and so I, it is a moment of like, well, let's, you know, and, and, and then, and then that's it, right? Like, well, now, now when they work with us, they have to expose what they've been doing yeah. all this time. Oh, that doesn't, and that like, doesn't feel good. That's like going that to the, that's like going to the doctor and it's like, uh, how many drinks per week do you have? It's like, yeah. well, I'm pretty much going to lie to my doctor here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so there, there are those moments, but that's what makes some of the relationships just so good because there's a level of vulnerability there and trust. And then, and then what we get is it's the whole, like, I don't know that I need you until there's something enough that I need you. And then it's, I don't know how I ever did this without you. <laughs> and, and that's the experience. And so, you know, to just be totally transparent, nailing it in a minute is really difficult. Um, but, um, recognizing that there's somehow a miss in how your business wealth and your personal wealth and living your best life is all coming together. And maybe you haven't experienced it with a type of coach that has the expertise of how money is a tool and how we can position it through all all your investments to live that elevated life. And I think that that's what entrepreneurs are looking for. I mean, there's huge searches on like, how do I live my best life or entrepreneurially coach or how do I get a business coach or like, you know, a life coach or how do I work with, um, you know, Tim Ferriss or Tony Robbins or Brene Brown, like, you know, everyone's paying for this stuff. Um, and like, it's really interesting to see how much money and mindset come together. And it sounds like you've had some success now, um, in, in pitching this. And so how long did it take you to kind of get the wheels going? Because I know there comes a point in any business where you're, you're building this thing, you're kind of building it, uh, in the background and then you release it out to the public. At a certain point, you start getting some critical mass, how long would you say that that took you or are you there yet? I, well, I mean, I guess it depends on your numbers and what you're thinking. I would say that we're at the critical mass yet that we want to be in just full transparency. Like our impact is to serve at least 250 entrepreneurial families, but we would love more than that, like, and to build the team. So like, you know, in building that we're not there yet, but, um, you know, it's an interesting journey to have like this startup phase and like, and to create something that's different than the rest of the market. Like you, you know, like in oh, the yeah. entrepreneur, you're like, 
okay, did everybody else have it wrong? (laughs) We're taking just, but like, we really, we, you know, we know enough. We've done a lot of research. We spent years doing what we've done. We worked with a ton of entrepreneurs. We worked with them under a traditional model. We worked with them on entrepreneur aligned model um, where, you know, there's no conflict in how we serve them and what that looks like and the more consulting and, and um, more business planning that they get in it. And so, um, so it's been interesting to, to get out there and, and see it. And I'm heavily involved in the Denver entrepreneurial, like CEO community. I work, um, a lot with female entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, I, uh, I have a real passion for like women's advancement. And so I get to, I get to live that through entrepreneur aligned as well. And yeah, I mean, like I had a lot of failures. We had a lot of failures on the way here, like from, um, understanding that we had to fully be part of the culture. We ran a very similar model under the Destiny Capital brand and we decided to DBA it and create a place where entrepreneurs could feel what and who we were and still allow Destiny Capital to exist because we're serving a ton of incredible retirement people and they, and we have an incredible team for that. And I have an incredible team for Entrepreneur Aligned. And so, it was just like, there were a lot of lessons to be learned while we were going out to determine like, how does this, how does this work? How do we, how do we help entrepreneurs see the need? And then we get it from various places. I mean, I have life coaches that are referred to us because they're like, yeah, like my, like, you know, I'm going to get the ROI with my client by you guys helping us over here or, you know, therapists, like therapists refer because they're like, man, like money is just an underlying theme to living a better life. And that type of stuff's just kind of been missing. And the business coaches, like they're coming in and they're looking at your P&Ls and they're looking at your vendors and they're looking at your suppliers. They're looking how you're stacked. But like, who's looking out for you? Like, who's like, hey, like maybe like every decision that you make has has something on your net worth, right? Like it's tied to it. And every decision you make then ties into your family as entrepreneurs. You know, last year I made decisions that like as an entrepreneur and with the markets and how things were going for that short period of time, like what do I need to do to ensure my team is in a good place? We're in a good place. Like those are all things that you have to be prepared for. And, you know, like we see, I mean, we see entrepreneurs, I'm trying to think about it, like behavioral finance is like, is one of the like most important things. And we're all emotionally tied to all of it. And as we gain more success, our lens shifts. Our decisions have greater impact, have greater reach. They do certain things. And so like, how do you, how do you continue to make really good decisions through that? Like, how do you get the clarity to do that? What does it look like? How does it feel when you've made a bad one? Like, how do you make sure you don't make it again? Like, what does that look like? And then who's just looking out for you in all of that? Um, who's making sure that you have the cash flow that you need to pay that quarterly tax bill? Like who's making sure that when you have that capital call, it's ready. Who's making sure that when this opportunity exists, that it's aligned with your values, your time, and you have the money in order to do it. Like those are all really, really important things. And that's what's been missing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you said it all right there. <clears throat> and one thing that's interesting to me is, you know, getting back to this abundance mindset, um, I have gotten more business from referrals from people who do exactly what I do than from people who actually like pay, you know, to, yeah. to procure my services. And so, I mean, it, it sort of underlines my entire life philosophy, which is just work hard and be nice to people. 
And so, like, you never know where this is going to come from. I imagine when you were studying, you know, finance, presumably in college, is that what, like, has, has finance always been kind of your drive, your focus? It has been for the last 10 years. I do have um, some finance in college, but I started in commercial real estate. Okay. 2000. Through 2006 through 2010. So I learned a few things. <laughs> well, sure. Um, but, you know, as, as you get into finance, you, it probably didn't come into your mind until it was right in front of you that, hey, you know what's a good avenue for business development is therapists, right? You never know where this is going to come from. And so when I was in my corporate job, I used to take pitches from virtually anyone, no matter how outlandish they were. Just because I never knew where the next great idea was coming from, and I'm not—I'm certainly not arrogant enough to think that it all originates from within me. That's ridiculous. You know, Sir Isaac Newton said, "If I've seen further, it's because I stand on the shoulders of giants." Um, so I pair that philosophy with just generally saying, "Hey, what do you do? Maybe we can learn something from each other. Maybe not. And even if nothing comes of it, if we part ways with good feelings." Like that's putting good into the world. Like that yes. matters. There, there are so many people out there just out to slit throats and I don't get it. It makes I no sense to me. I don't get it either. I, so as chief growth officer, I'm, I'm ahead of bringing in revenue, business development, growing my culture, growing my team. And I've always believed that business development is meant to be an exchange of value. And I always started with being in service. And there's some lessons in there, by the way. I started in service so much that I made a ton of friends and no business. And that's all <laughs> fine and dandy until you have to buy shoes for your kid. Like there is a level of, right. of sales and intent. But what was interesting was all I had to do was be a little bit more transparent and put that on the table much earlier in the conversation. That's yeah. all in that business development. But wealth management, um, historically, like for the clients in, in all wealth management, and it's um, it comes from trusted referrals. Most oftentimes, like people are not Googling, although that is changing, by the way. There is more Googles. Like the number one Google for financial advisors is financial advisor near me. <laughs> and I would love to go ahead and put this announcement out there. There are so many financial advisors and they specialize Niching is really big and you can do this all around the country. So near me, like driving and someone <laughs> close is probably not the filter you want to use. Like I just, I, I, it, it hurts my soul to think that way. There's other qualifiers, um, for sure. My, my, and, my uh, parents, my parents wealth management person is in Chicago. Um, yes. my, my accountant is in Colorado Springs. Like why do, why do I need to get face to face with my accountant ever? Like, so that, God, that's hilarious. Like, no, no, I'll go with the guy down the street just because of geographic happenstance. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, and if you want somebody in Colorado because they know the tax code or they know like something like great, but still Colorado, like, you know, like there's just so many things to think about when you're, when you're finding that, but the relationship is trust. Like if you can't trust your financial advisor, you need to go to another financial advisor. Like there has to be a level of vulnerability and trust and commitment because behavior matters. And if you don't trust the advice that's coming to you, you're not going to have the behavior to be successful, which means you need to go to the person that will create that successful behavior. And, and so you know, a majority of the business historically seminars were really big in the eighties. So it was education. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and we're seeing that still today, right? Webinars are still a really great place where people go and get informed. You build credibility and you're able to get business. But trusted advisors in the rela- in the community is really big for us, um, where we're working with the CPAs and the attorneys and we're working with the life coaches, executive coaches. Like we're working with the business brokers, investment bankers, like all of those that are serving the business owners and in a relational way, in a non-transactional way that understand their needs. And we've been lucky enough that um, they understand that we are different. Like we're, we get to be positioned differently than, than other financial advisors because um, we're coming at it from a comprehensive business owner first stance. And they just don't have another, a lot of financial advisors saying the same thing. No, I, I would imagine they didn't because when we met the first time, I asked you how many other firms are out there like this that are focused on this, and you said uh, none that we could really find. So it, it might be a small subset of what they do, but it's not dedicated in the way that this is with a holistic approach, which I find fascinating. And it's one of those things where, like every great invention right, or every great sort of evolution, you think to yourself, why didn't this always exist? Once it does, you go, oh, yeah, of course, like this is the way that we should do things. Yeah. And so, no, I totally get that. And I think you guys are building a cool product. Thank you. And I think we're seeing it across different industries. Like, you know, generalists worked for a long time for a lot of different industries, right? Like it used to be that a firm that did cereal now has cookies and now somehow has shampoo and does all those things. And then they're trying to market and use similar systems to do the whole thing. But now I just think the world is shifting on um, one of my favorite quotes that I use all the time, but cost is only an issue in the absence of value. So like you have to provide the value, right? Like people, if, if somebody values a baseball card, like they, one person will never pay 50 cents for it. Somebody else may pay $10,000 for it. Like, because there's value there to that person and specializing is really important. And wealth management years ago, like the specialty was, you know, fiduciary, it was independence, it was access to investments, but the world has shifted. Like you now have you know, there's, there's the AI, like there's the robotic, you know, and like you can, you can have access to any investments at low cost and you can do it to yourself. Um, financial planning software, it was like nobody had access to that. And now that's out there. Like you can run your own retirement projections. Like you can do these types of things. What you, the one thing that you can't do is manage your own behavior. And I think that people need to realize that's more volatile than the market could ever be. Um, and people are just emotional. They have bias. They have, it's hard to be objective with your own money. And I think that that's where a ton of value comes in. And that's hard to recognize. This, this but, is one, yeah. this is one place where I think economists fall down. They assume that human behavior is rational. Yeah. Um, like economics models are built on sort of the rational choices. That's insane. Like, you, you cannot make fully rational economic choices ever. There's far too many variables. So once you sort of understand the bias in between those things, you know, people will say, well, I go to this grocery store over here because it's cheaper. And you go, well, it cannot possibly be that much cheaper. And you're, you're making up the difference in the gas and the time 
that you were spending. And I think people underestimate time as well. Oh, they do. And, and that's something we put a value to. Uh, we, do you I, really? Your hourly rate, yes. We take your income. We're putting an hourly rate to your time because people are consistently, you know, I mean, entrepreneurs work on P&Ls. So do they like to see that red number on the loss of their time and their hourly rate? No. <laughs> and like, so we speak in their language. We know what's going on, but that's really important. Like your time is wealth. You know, we, I had, I worked for a CEO once upon a time who had to approve every single firing in the company. And so these would get brought up to him if someone were to be fired. And it's like, dude, you're dealing with minor HR issues. Like, what do you care about some engineering tech in some field office? You were taking time out of your day from being CEO to manage this. This is beneath your pay grade, dude. Like, and, and so many people are like, yeah, you know, I just do my own taxes. Look, I'm no expert in taxes. That's why I hire someone to do it. It's worth it for me, and I get value out of that. So you're right. Like, I will pay the money, and I've never heard that phrase. It's great. Uh, cost is only an issue in the absence of value. Holy crap. That is <laughs> a game-changing quote because, yeah, it's like uh, you only worry about cost when you go, yeah, I'm really getting hosed here. Like, I'm not – like, this is money not well spent. Yeah. And so, like, for me, it would be a total waste of time, money, energy, and happiness if I had to learn tax law or, you know, accounting practices uh, and manage that in my business. That, that's just an absurd way for me to spend my time. Yeah, that's exactly it. And we know on our side of the business, or any entrepreneur knows this, but, like, we need to exceed that in what we're delivering you every single time. Like, we need to be profitable to you every single time 100%. and with every interaction and with everything that we do. And so, you know, you're right. Like people don't know that they need this, but again, once they have it, they know they can't live without it. And that's what feels really exciting about it. And I'm excited to see where this grows and what it looks like. And I think, you know, the other thing that exists in this where you mentioned competitors, like the one thing that there is maybe a competitor, although we're, I think a little bit lower market is family offices do, do some of this comprehensive work with their clients, but that's, that's a lot of money. We're talking, you know, $50 million in net worth at a minimum Jeez. and up at hundred thousand dollars in fees. We didn't think that that was an appropriate place to start for entrepreneurs, right? We want to get them to that 50 million, you know, like we want totally. to help them enjoy that journey on the way up to the family office, like whatever that looks like. And so that was, it's, it's not that it's not fully out there. It's just not, it, it's just that it hasn't had access and it hasn't been built in a way to have access to entrepreneurs. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Tiffany, two final questions and then we yes. got to wrap up. We're both CSU Rams. Yes. And so was recently in Fort Collins. Old town looks a lot different in your day up there. Let's say it's Friday night or Saturday night or whatever night you choose. Where are you hanging out? What were your spots in Fort Collins? Oh, you're going to judge me because my husband does and he's a Ram. Um, I was a Thursday night wash bar. Person. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, like if there was a fire, I wouldn't be here today. Um, because I would be <laughs> popped on the dance floor downstairs in that basement with no exit. And we also did Sullivan's. I'm pretty sure. I don't even know if they still do this, but, um, Sullivan's no longer did... exists up there. I know, but then you remember when they did the quarters for the, you could flip a quarter and if you got it right, you got your drink for, you got your drink for 25 cents. Yep. Yeah. Flip yeah. night, uh, was always intense. I was usually at Sullivan's for four for ones. Yes. Um, oh, that was a good night too. That, well, that was Thursdays though. So 
that was uh, competing um, <laughs> against you at Wash Bar. Um, <laughs> I was usually at Tailgate Tommy's uh, on Saturdays for $2, you call it. Yeah. Um, that, that place was just phenomenal and my favorite. And my favorite garbage establishment up there that is still going strong is Tony's. Yes, Tony's is great. Yeah, love Tony's. Tony's. I love Fort Collins. Worst bathroom in Fort Collins, though. Yeah. It, oh yeah. It was, it, was so it, was, gross. it was horrifying. It is crazy to see how it's grown. Cause do you did you used to do like the brewery tours and like just go oh, jump yeah. all the breweries? And now they're like, I mean, they're like they're, it's it's like their own community these days. <laughs> totally. All right. Now's the time on the show when we do plugs. Where can people find you? Where can they find Entrepreneur Aligned? Lay it on us. Yeah. Um, you can find us at entrepreneuraligned.com and check us out there. Um, Jared and I run the Entrepreneur Aligned podcast. So we give out information every week um, on different varying topics um, when it comes to personal wealth and mindset of an entrepreneur. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect. And uh, and just as always, like we're, we're a resource. Like We are really happy to give away information because we really believe that entrepreneurs are the engine to the world. So if you have a question, feel free to shoot it at tiffany.charles at entrepreneurline.com. Well, let's go up to Fort Collins next, and uh, we'll talk Love about that. this at Lucky Joe's. Uh, Ooh, is that still going? Lucky Joe's is still there. It's still right in Old Town Square. Almost everything else in Old Town Square is different. Coop, Cooper Smith is still there. But yeah, they're all different names now. And, yeah. you know, some of them aren't even bars anymore. Like, I think, uh, what Tailgate Tommy's used to be or where it was is now some just like generic office building, which oh, is just, okay. in, yeah, it's intensely depressing. But, um, <laughs> this was an absolute pleasure. It's great to work with you. It's great to chat with you. And I wish you nothing but continued success. Thanks, John. You too. It's going to be a good year. And that'll do it for episode 276 of the John of All Trades podcast with Tiffany Charles, Chief Growth Officer of Entrepreneur Align. It was a real pleasure getting to learn more about her, connect with a fellow entrepreneur, and kick this new year off right. I hope you're finding joy in the things that you do. I hope you're finding fulfillment. That's what matters. And if I'm a small piece of that, I'm infinitely grateful for it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me be a part of your life. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T. Com.us. Training, content, engagement, and podcasting. Those are four ways of enhancing your message, of building your business, of telling the story you need to tell. If you like my vibe, if you like the way I structure things, hit me up. It's J-O-N at deftcom.us. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. You can check me out on social as well. J-O-A-T pod is the handle there. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Episode previews go up on Mondays. Episodes normally drop on Wednesdays. Today was a little bit different. Still getting into the rhythm of the new year. But episode previews are exclusive to Facebook. Episodes drop on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcatcher that you choose. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to you. I'm back here next week. It's going to be a solo episode. And then we're kicking off the guests in earnest. We started out right with Tiffany. I got good guests in the hopper coming up. Cannot wait to bring it to you. So tune in next week for a solo episode. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.